Before we jump into this episode of Phantom History, I wanted to share that the original interviews of all Phantom History podcasts, including this one, are moving onto the Phantom History YouTube channel. Visit us there to access those interviews, on-site reporting from historic haunted locations, and interviews featuring some of our guests at the new Phantom History House Bed and Breakfast in Tampa. I hope you enjoy this episode. Shortly after the green laser grid was projected onto the wall, the investigation team saw a shadow figure walk into the light. It was very clearly the apparition of a human form. The outline of a body, arms, and legs were all evident. And then it turned and started walking towards the group. Before it reached the investigative team set up in the basement of the building that once housed a church in the early 20th century, the grid's fully charged batteries died. Who or what it was that made itself known is anyone's guess. There are, after all, at least 17 spirits in the historic Spookeasy Lounge in Ybor City, Florida. I'm Steve Blanchard. Welcome to Phantom History. The Spookeasy Lounge in Tampa's historic district of Ybor City serves flavored kava and kratom tea on its upper floor and turns its basement into a liquor bar and nightclub in the evenings. The building on 15th Street is one of Ybor City's original buildings, dating back to the mid to late 1800s. It was built as a church, or more specifically, Cuban Baptist Mission, and originally started as the Clark Memorial Baptist Church in Goodwill Center. Before the existing building stood here, there was another building that served as a church, but that was lost to a fire. It's a building steeped in history and local legend, and co-owner Kat Traver, who runs the Spookeasy Lounge with her husband Evan, is constantly researching and learning more about the history surrounding the two-story building that now houses the Spookeasy Lounge. It was uh, built in the early 1800s. Originally, it was four stories tall. There, There was a fire not exactly sure of the date uh but we're we're approximating in the 50s is when it when the third and fourth story burned down but it is full of spirits it used to be a church it used to be a secret society amongst other types of denominations we opened in this building in september of 22. Kat says that even before the Spookeasy Lounge opened in this location, she and her husband realized almost immediately that the building was haunted. In fact, the couple was already familiar with the building long before they opened their business within its walls. So hauntings have not been a surprise to either of them. We always knew that this place had activity um, just from us going out it used to be a nightclub and my husband and i actually met in this building we knew back then that there was activity but the first time that we started experiencing it ourselves was probably day one there are shadow figures here um that we were seeing uh immediately things got moved around a lot during our construction phases of of building stuff in here and Lots of things were misplaced. Things were falling off shelves and flying across rooms, such as in the kitchen. Um, it happens a lot in the kitchen, quite frequently, actually, that the the two spirits, the two, that we have two children that are here. One of the, the young spirits 
messes with the cooks all the time. So things will fly off the shelf. Plates will be turned over with like food sitting next to it that was already on the plate, but somehow the plate got turned over and then the food was sitting next to it. Things like that. Things happen a whole lot. Kat says the building that now houses her business operated as an orphanage and that a fire, likely in the 1950s, destroyed the top two stories where she believes the children lived. Records about that 1950s fire are hard to find. However, reports in local newspapers discuss gatherings at the former church site up until the early 1950s. After that, records of mission work, church gatherings, or orphanages are scarce. One historic photo from the Hillsborough County Library Cooperative shows the building with all four stories and school children out front. That photo is dated 1947, indicating that the structure was intact at least up until that point. Kat believes that the two children who haunt the Spookeasy Lounge are directly tied to that tragedy, and, with the help of investigators and mediums, she knows their names. We had a few investigations. A lot of uh, the ghost tours that come through here would have certain findings. Some of the ghost tours have, you know, the electronic devices where they're able to speak to the spirits. They're not associated with each other, but each group has the same findings. And we also had an overnight investigation as well as a morning investigation because a lot of stuff happens in the morning also. So every group that has done something in this building has found the exact same things. They have come through and told us their names. The little girl, her name's Sophie, she likes to mess with the music and turn off the music and she just did actually. There will be times where I will offer her a cookie and I'll put a cookie on the bar and ask her to please stop and she'll stop. She's younger than five years old and she likes to play games. She likes playing peekaboo, but we do have people who can see her and she she comes out and does a lot of playful activity. She likes to hang out um, in the loft space that's right directly to my left. Um, people see her hanging from the chandelier or peeking through the stair railings. So she like hides and peeks through. So people say there was a kid in here, you know, like, no, there wasn't, there wasn't a kid. We, we call them brother and sister, although they're not from the same family, but his name is Sebastian and he's a little older than Sophie, but is a little bit more mischievous and knocks things over and gets in the cook's way. They're always telling him to stop doing what he's doing because <laughs> he's always in the kitchen messing stuff up. <laughs> they talk to him like he's like he's alive, like, you know, hey, Sebastian, stop, stop doing that, you know. And we recently redid some of our menus and we named a lot of our beverages after the spirits that we interact with most. So he has a, his own drink now. Both guests and employees of the Spookeasy Lounge don't necessarily need advanced electronic equipment or psychic abilities to communicate with Sophie, Sebastian, or any of the other 15 or so spirits who inhabit the old church. Many have said using simple technology, like battery-operated candles, has been enough to communicate with the spirits who still linger there. We have a lot of battery-operated candles that they will turn on and off themselves. Um, and when prompted, when you ask them questions, they will light up the candles. There has been a few times where there hasn't been batteries in the candles and they're lighting up and as we're speaking to them. 
Kat is still working to learn more about the spirits who inhabit the Spookeasy Lounge. She regularly speaks with historians, paranormal investigators, psychics, and tour guests to collect data on the building's past and current residents. Of the 17 spirits identified so far, Kat says she knows the name of six of them. There are other spirits in the building she believes never had a name, and that's because they were likely never human. We know names of six of them, and we also have a shadow figure, which isn't, you know, a spirit of a living person. Um, and we also have a tulpa, which is an energy that is brought in by individuals trying to conjure up something. That is downstairs in the basement where a lot of people uh, feel the most energy. Um, you will have the, the, the scents that come along with spirits, you know, that sulfur smell. Um, you get that every now and again. So people that are in the ghost tours like to go downstairs and try and speak to something. So they're creating this, this tulpa that's there. As far as the other spirits, I haven't had the opportunity to get to know them more. Um, there, are, there has been names that have been brought up, but there has yet to be any other further interaction with them. When this was a church, there were people buried here. As far as we know, and as, as much as we've heard from other historic guides that come through with the history tours, that there are bodies buried out back. They are unidentifiable because there is no more grave markers, so I don't know them yet. So we're working on getting to know them. If they want to get to know us, and if they're friendly, if they will allow us to celebrate them, we will bring them into our stories. So we're still working on that. Kat's openness to the spirits of the Spookeasy Lounge has led her into interactions in almost every corner of the building. While most of those interactions are through yes and no sessions that involve electronic equipment, or candles, there have been intense investigations in the building as well. One investigation involved a YouTuber who spent the entire night in the building. What was supposed to be a two or three hour investigation lasted almost until sunrise. Things were active from the beginning when the investigation started upstairs, but the more intense experiences happened downstairs in what is now called the catacombs. We started upstairs and it seemed like every candle was flickering and it was pretty active, but then we moved downstairs. So to set you up on what that looked like, he had um, a few different mediums come in and he would blindfold them and with like the giant soundproof um, earmuffs playing the radio frequencies in their ears. So they couldn't hear what he was saying, but they could hear what the spirits were saying. And then they would speak once they heard words or sentences. The cook that played with Sophie the most was here and he played peekaboo peek with her a lot and we were downstairs the medium was sitting in a chair blindfolded with her earmuffs on and the cook got up to leave for a moment to go use the restroom as he returned into the room and as he passed by the medium she yells out peekaboo not knowing any of the story previous to that. But as the night progressed, more weird things started happening, such as 
they had the laser grid projected on the wall and it, and it's basically green lasers projecting a grid onto the wall so that if a spirit walks into the grid you'll see the outline of the spirit so as we were downstairs doing the investigation a shadow figure walked into the grid and then started walking towards us and then the battery on the grid died so then the lights went out and they were fresh batteries so it was really eerie to see you know a huge figure come into the line of sight and then come towards us and then the lights go out you could see the outline of the body the arms the legs everything walking right towards you they ended up putting a new set of batteries in to which it died again so it didn't last very long with such a storied history a life as a church a mission an orphanage that was lost to a fire and several iterations as a nightclub and now a tea bar the building that is now home to the Spookeasy Lounge seems like the perfect place to conduct a paranormal investigation. But spirits are often caught outside of a normal investigation. According to Kat, customers and surveillance cameras are constantly catching what she believes to be paranormal activity within the Ybor City landmark. We have video of, of the orbs coming in and coming up and touching people, like almost licking their face. And then, and then floating away, we have images, pictures. I have one really great image of someone taking a photo towards a mirror. And in the mirror's reflection, you see a man standing there with a gun. And there was somebody shot downstairs back in the day. A, a cigar roller was shot. So we believe that he is, he is the, we call him the gunman. We believe that he is still here. Naming one particular hotspot of paranormal activity within the building is a challenge for Kat. She says occurrences of spirits and entities are common throughout the entire building. However, there are two restrooms that seem to have the most sightings by guests and overnight investigators. One of those bathrooms is upstairs, and the other one is downstairs. In the feminine bathroom upstairs, people will hear certain things and see certain things more more often than not, when I go into that restroom, if the door is cracked just a little bit, I do see some someone pass by that crack. I see someone walk by, I'll open the door and no one will be in there. A lot of times when people use that restroom, they will start screaming because they will start hearing something and they'll come running out. You know, like I just heard um, a big bang or it was like I heard a voice or I was looking in the, looking in the mirror and saw a reflection back at me. Lots of stories, but they're all quite exciting. But, you know, they, they get a, a scream, but then they come out and then, then they get a good laugh out of it, you know, because they've got to experience that. And um, that's what they're here for. Presumably there are tunnels underneath this building. We don't have access to them. Um, the tunnels are not open to the public. Some At some point in time that they, the entrance to them was covered up. But that bathroom is known for some pretty serious energy. Most of which I think is the people trying to conjure it. Um, which is the energy they're bringing into it. So it's not necessarily a, a person, a spirit that is still lingering here. Um, it's like an energy that people are bringing into the space. 
So um, I have protection symbols in there so that people don't bring in something not good. More times than not, all, all the ghost tours will bring in stuff and you'll hear scratching on the walls. When we did our ghost investigation, they caught the spirits jiggling the handles of the toilet and slamming the lid down. Also, you know, they were talking to the spirits in there and they were asking it to do something and jiggling the locks, the handles and slamming of the toilet seat. So there's a lot of activity in there. Fortunately, darker or malevolent spirits and entities seem to be restricted to the basement restrooms that may or may not have had access to the tunnels under Ybor City at one time. But since the building was built as a church and as a mission for Cuban migrants and the Spanish-speaking population of early Ybor City, it makes sense that one of the most commonly encountered spirits, and one many customers have mistaken for an actual physical person, is that of a priest. Yeah, we have a, a priest um, that is often cited by the restrooms at the end of the bar. Um, he usually wears a green garb and stands at the end of the bar and many people have seen him and don't know of the other stories or haven't heard about him and they're like, you know, they'll say, you know, I see see a, a guy that looks like a priest in this green outfit over there and I'm like okay well that's just confirmation so when you keep hearing that stuff it's like okay this this must be real because there are multiple people seeing the same thing um so he is definitely here um and he makes his rounds in the morning he's he's seen coming up the stairs and he walks onto the stage area almost like he's setting up for mass you know like and he'll make his rounds and and then he's gone for the afternoon and sometimes he's seen in the evening but he's most active in the morning uh my shaman was just i met with her this past week and she said that the priest actually was with the nun that's also here and the reason why they're still in spirit world and interacting with us is because they were a thing and they were, they created their own purgatory, which is why they're still here, which I thought was interesting. So that's something that I kind of want to look into and investigate a little bit. We right. just call them the priest and the nun. As the Spookeasy Lounge continues its journey as a destination location for locals looking for a unique atmospheric experience surrounded by gothic, horror, and the supernatural, or as a site for lovers of history and paranormal investigations, it is obvious that Kat and her staff have embraced the haunted history of the building that originally served the Cuban Baptist community of that area of Tampa. The Spookeasy Lounge has embraced that legacy so much that when they opened its doors, they formally introduced themselves to the spirits of the building in hopes that they could all work together to make the business and the location a continuing success. So when we first moved in, we told them, you know, hey, we're coming in here and we're doing this type of business. We're here to celebrate you. We'd love for you to be a part of this and allow this to, to be an experience for all of us that we all enjoy. So we did a lot of that too. We also say goodnight to them every time we leave. So when the lights are turned off, you know, we say bye ghosties. So if you see like, um, we have some merchandise that, you know, some stickers that say bye ghosties on it. And that and that's because, you know, it's, it's one of our, uh, our daily routines, you know, we say hello to them and goodbye to them every, each and every day. 
Thank you to Kat Traber of the Spookeasy Lounge in Ybor City, Florida, for sharing the history and paranormal tales of her unique and must-see destination. Learn more about them by following the Spookeasy Lounge on social media or visiting spookeasylounge.com. Music for this episode was provided by Purple Planet Music, Silverman Sound, Chad Couch, Lee Rosevere, and Daniel Birch. Remember to catch my full interview with Kat on the Phantom History YouTube channel and visit phantomhistory.com for all episodes and to sign up for our newsletter to learn more about new episodes and events happenings at the Phantom History House Bed and Breakfast. You can also follow me at Phantom History on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. As always, thanks for listening. <laughs>